0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Not a Medical Marvel. My name is Dr. Jessica Maloki, and I am here to get real with you about life in medicine. So stay tuned. Okay, welcome back, everyone. I'm so excited. This is my first episode, and I'm here with the beautiful and brilliant Alexa Nappi. Thanks for being here, Alex. Hi everyone,
1: how are you? I hope you're all having a beautiful day.
0: (laughs) So Alexa is my best friend and she is a physician's assistant right now at a pain management practice. So Alexa and I have been friends for years and we both kind of had an untraditional path and I ended up going into medical school and she went to PA school. So I have her here to basically give you guys a better idea if you're struggling which path to go on you know just a day in life of both of our lives, and which one
1: better suits you? So, Lex, how are you doing? I'm doing well, enjoying my weekend before I have to return to work on Monday.
0: <laughs> Amazing. So, I'm um, actually kind of funny. We should talk about how we met because I feel like it's I know. kind of a funny story.
1: It is. She sat next to me in anatomy class back in undergrad. Um, we both had aspirations of going to medical school, but Only one went to medical school, and then I went to PA school. Yeah, but I'm here here to tell you why. But I feel like even when
0: we really did talk about it, I was like, this isn't really happening. Like,
1: neither of us are really going into
0: medical school or going into medicine. But it was just funny. It was like when I sat down next to you, I was like, oh, this girl seems cool. And then it was like, weird the things that we had in common. We are born days apart. We both transferred from UCF, which is the weirdest thing. We're two Jersey girls that end up in Orlando and then came back. So right off the bat, we didn't have a linear path of what was going on in our life educationally. So um, yeah, you ended up, you started out at St. Joseph's. Like what what's your story? What's your background, Lex?
1: So I went to St. Joe's. I was undecided there. I was in Philadelphia. While I was there, it rained every single day and it didn't have a football team. So I wanted more of that college experience, transferred to University of Central Florida, got the college experience for sure, um, what a fun party school that was, but I realized that I needed to refocus if I wanted to pursue my true passion, which is medicine, so I transferred to Monmouth University back home in West Long Branch, New Jersey, and I attended anatomy class and that's where I met, that's where I met Jess.
0: Yeah, I I actually think I had a little bit of a similar story because when I went to UCF, I was undecided. I really didn't know what I wanted to go into. Uh, I always loved science. Like that was always where I thrived in school. Actually, it's a funny story because my dad always tells me um, when he went to parent-teacher conferences in in high school, uh, he was talking to my science teacher. My science teacher was like, I love Jessica. She's the best science student I've ever had. There was even a time where I think I taught the class because he was having difficulty with the class. And my dad was like, oh, well, you must be talking about my daughter, Brianna. Yeah. Wrong, <laughs> he, like, he didn't believe that it was me. And, and the teacher was like, no, I, I mean, Jessica, like she is a great science student. So my dad was just
1: blown away. blown away by it.
0: So just basically science was my thing, but I didn't think I could really do it. And, um, So I went to UCF, and I mean, it's the second biggest university. In our country. In our country, yeah.
1: 60,000 students.
0: So when I decided, okay, if I'm going to go to college, I should actually get an education in something I like. And um, I just felt like a smaller school would be a better fit for me. So I can get one-on-one with the professors and just have better success. So that's why I ended up transferring to Monmouth. And luckily, I found you there.
1: And just to make my trajectory even more wavy and, and crazy and not linear I was also an education major and oh my gosh, I forgot about that yes and I did student teaching and I taught genetics in a high school I always loved the sciences but I just you know and I love teaching too yeah you and I TA'd um zoology zoology together yes, we yes. were lab TAs so we were dissecting things and having fun together. Yeah, you know, lots of crazy animals. One time, a, a cockroach got loose in the class. And oh we were- my
0: gosh! Yes, once there was a teacher, and she was the zoology professor was teaching the class, and I was supposed to take care of the cockroaches. And I was like, "I got this. I'm cool. I'm a cool girl. I can handle cockroaches." I held one in my hand. It freaked out. I freaked out. It ran down. Like the whole path of students and I was screaming and just like jumping over kids. They're screaming. The whole
1: disruption, chaos, absolute chaos over a hissing cockroach. Yes, yes. <laughs>
0: um, I still stand by my reaction. Um, <laughs>
1: I think that's a normal reaction
0: for to be like jumped on by a cockroach. Um, Very much so. I think that was foreshadowing my experience in Antigua because I had a lot of cockroach experiences there. <laughs> but I'll get into my Caribbean life another time. So basically I named this episode answering the call. Because I feel like in medicine, it's a calling. Don't ever do this profession for the money. Let me just say that right off the bat. I think you agree, like I
1: 100% agree. And I can even say just from my short time in clinical practice that patients can tell if you're a genuine provider or not. And when they can sense that that genuine nature, they will trust you more. And They, you know, they really put their faith in you with their life. So and they they have a good sense of it. They know they know who's out there just for the money, who's pushing procedures, pushing surgeries, pushing injections or someone who's actually out there with true goodness in their heart, trying to make their lives better. Right. And I mean, also, if you're doing something that
0: you don't love, not only are you doing yourself an injustice, but you're doing an injustice to your patients. So, I mean, there's so many other things you could do to make money. Literally, you can make money off a podcast. You can do that. Yeah. <laughs> Become a vlogger. I don't know. Do anything Going else. To finance. I mean, you right, know, right. Something. Anything you could do. Anything but medicine. And so, the money in
1: medicine isn't even as great
0: as it once was. So <laughs> right, exactly. And that's yeah. We'll have an episode on that. But so straight off the bat, answering the call, if you have this calling for medicine, and you're like, do I go to PA school? Do I go to MD school? I don't know. We're gonna discuss things that go on in our lives and hopefully help you make a better. Um, decision. So when I even Googled this, I was like, I, can you Google this? Is this like a stupid episode? And everything was super basic. It was like, do you want to make $100,000 a year or do you want to make $200,000 a year? And like, obviously everyone's going to choose 200000 which, you know, it's like, there's no context to that. So okay. there's so much you could do with uh, being a PA that I think a lot of people don't know about. So I'm going to let Alexa talk about that. Uh, so let's start out with, Lex. what was your schooling like? And, um, How was,
1: you know, after school, you know, your boards and things like that? So with PA school, it depends on where you go. But some schools are two years, which is pretty amazing. You get this, you know, very rigorous academic education and uh, you get to go out into the workforce after only two years. Um, My school was three years. I went to Monmouth University and I mean, it was a very, very rigorous academic uh, culture. But I took my boards in May. Um, I studied for maybe a month and I was interviewing in a, you know various specialties too, which is pretty cool about being a PA is that you don't have to specialize. There's a lot of versatility there. I, I was interested in aesthetics. I applied in a spa. Um, I applied in pain management. I applied for a Mohs surgery position. I was kind of all over the place. Uh, despite doing all of my rotations, I still I still didn't I loved everything. You know, yeah. the one thing I didn't love was surgery, but I loved everything else. Yeah. So. And that's another thing that makes being a PA so amazing is because you're not stuck to
0: one specialty. You can right. really experience so many things in medicine. And that's something I didn't know. I was like two years into school and I remember you telling me that like, yeah, you can work in an emergency room and then go work somewhere else. I was like, what? Yeah. It's
1: crazy. Yeah, it's really nice. I mean for now I'm in pain management. I absolutely love my job. It's very fulfilling, but I think somewhere down the line, you know, when I start a family, I might want something more like uh, an urgent care or an ER where I'm working three 12 hour shifts and I get four days off a week. So that versatility is very, very nice. Um, definitely a good benefit of being a PA.
0: Yeah. So in medical school, um, and then also, you The entrance exams for PA versus MD are also different. I know for PA is at least when you took it, Lex, it was the GRE you had to take. Yes. And for medical school, you have to take the MCAT. So they're different exams. Um, You know, you can look into both and see which one you'd rather take. Uh, You studied for a little bit for that
1: yeah i took an online course for the gre but it's pretty much basic it's you know it's very similar to a glorified sat mm-hmm. whereas the mcat is much more in depth with the sciences right yeah. the gre was more focused on like basic math english reading you know mm-hmm. things like that things like that yeah
0: and then also in medical school after you take the mcat and you get accepted um you have to go to four years of school so it'll be two years of basic sciences where you're in the classroom My experience with it was like four years of undergrad on steroids. That's how I felt like it was. It was just really hitting you with the sciences. And then after that, you take one license exam, which is called a step one. And then you do two years or no, I guess like it's like a year of clinical. And then you take your second board exam, which called step two CK. Also involved is step two CS, which is a clinical board exam. And then when you're all done, then you take step three. So there's three licensing exams that go on with medical school. And then another thing to put into consideration when you go to medical school is that it doesn't stop at four years. You have to at least factor in three to seven years of postgraduate training. And I mean, you're working, you're getting paid, but you're not getting paid doctor money. You're getting paid resident money, which is much less. Uh, So I think what you were saying, like the lifestyle, I think that's what you need to really consider is, you know, how many years do I want to invest in my education? Do I want to go all the way and get my MD? And then, you know, it's almost like it's harder to see the end of the tunnel. Whereas PA, it's like, okay, two or three years and don't school. And then you're right Right. right. You're there in the workforce and you're getting paid a a good salary. So it's how much do you want to invest? And also what type of lifestyle do you want? Um, You know, I think also women in medicine, it's so difficult. I mean, everything's doable, by the way. Everything we're saying is just like, even if, you know, even if you don't really want to invest all this time, but you're like, I'm going to do it anyway, go for it. Amazing. I'm not trying to deter anyone from going to medical school, but these are just things that you want to consider. Um, so also things that you want to consider is like, do you have any dependents? Do you have any kids right now? Do you, you know, have a husband or wife that, you know, wouldn't support it or that you wouldn't be comfortable leaving? It's, these are also things you want to consider. Definitely. Definitely. When it comes to choosing a schooling, so you know, luckily when I chose to go, um, I just had like a boyfriend, which <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank God Very I didn't. <laughs> right, thank God I didn't stay for that. But you know, I, I I didn't have anything really holding me back from going to school, so um, that's really was the push for me to go. Um, and I'll also also a really great question you want to ask yourself is what is your support system like? I mean, you need a support system. No matter what you're going into, PA or MD, but as far as the income, it's like you go many years without getting paid. So you know, luckily I have my parents and I have my family, and they really do help me. Like right now, I finished school in December or in October, and I moved home, and you know, I'm living home rent free. So it's like if you don't have those, I don't know
1: what I would do if I didn't have that option.
0: Yeah. Um.
1: Yeah. I mean. Definitely have to consider that, but it, it both are very doable. I mean, I used to work in the ER with a physician who was in finance. He had a family, he had kids, you know, kids right, and yeah. a home. And he decided at 55 that he wanted to go to medical school. So it's doable. I mean, obviously his wife had to be very supportive of that, but it's doable. I mean, in PA school, we definitely have a vast range of ages because, it's, you know, it's just a lot faster. The first year is like trying to take a sip out of a fire hydrant. They're just, you know, flooding you with all of this information, basically trying to get you a mile wide, an inch deep with medical school type education. And, um, you know, then year two, and for me, year three, I was out into the clinical world. That was basically like my residency in a sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, But only one year of books. So, you know, it's a lot more manageable um, that, you know, sometimes depending on your support system at home, Mm -hmm. but both are doable. I've seen cases of both where people in their forties, fifties, you know, have a a change of heart and change their career and and they go back, even though they have responsibilities at home and, and children, and you know, a spouse, and things like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, at school, I definitely had people who were older and people who had families. And you know, just like looking at them, I'm like, how are you doing this? I can barely even take care of myself. Right, right. So it really, like, like she's saying, everything's doable. It's just, really you a know, personal preference. It's, yeah, it's yeah, a preference you have to know
1: yourself and you have to know your support system at home and see what is doable for mm-hmm. you and your family absolutely
0: so now a little bit like you know you finished Lex congratulations that's amazing yeah that felt great <laughs> and um, now you're
1: working for a practice what has that been like for you it's it's pretty amazing. I mean, my supervising physician is phenomenal and it's it's really nice because the the laws with PAs and their regulations are changing and we used to require the physician to actually look over and sign off on all of our charts, mm-hmm. but now we no longer do. So the autonomy is just increasing every year. Um, you know, Now, in certain states, I believe only one, actually, North Dakota, who wants to live there. I don't know, but... It just shows that, you know, the regulations are changing. in North Dakota PAs, if they've had 4,000 hours practicing, they can open their own practice without a physician. So uh-huh. it's starting to spread that trend. But, yes. you know, me personally, I have amazing supervising physician. I work with amazing people. I work with four other mid-level providers. Uh, three are PAs. One's a nurse practitioner. And it's a really fulfilling area of medicine. I get to do injections. I see patients on my own. I have my own scripts. I do, I do everything everything by myself, full autonomy. I see patients with my physician on Mondays and Wednesdays because he generally has a heavier patient load than the PAs, uh, so he does need some assistance. But I see my own patients on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays.
0: That's awesome. So what would you say uh, from starting at the practice till now, like what's the biggest challenge that you've noticed being a PA?
1: one of the biggest challenges was just that confidence I remember my first week that I was finally credentialed and was able to see patients on my own I looked over all their charts. I I did all this preparation because mm-hmm. I just I wanted to go in there with some confidence and I was shaking every room that I came <laughs> out of. I was like, I hope they don't leave here and die. Like so dramatic. You know, it's pain management. No one's really dying. But still I was, you know, just so concerned that I was like, I hope I'm making the right choices. But, you know, that confidence has definitely grown. I'm seven months in now and I I don't do that anymore. I don't even prep. I just go in there and I, you know, I feel confident now with my history taking examination skills that I don't need to, you know, prep before I go. Right. So I've seen that growth. Um, another thing too, is I didn't do a pain management rotation. So this has been a huge learning curve for Mm -hmm. me. Pain management was not really something that was heavily focused on or taught in school. Yeah. So, I didn't really know how to do a lot of the injections that I'm doing too. And that's still, you know, seven months in, I'm getting more and more confident with Mm -hmm. them. But uh, that was a learning curve as well, but also really fun to learn how to do these different injections. I like being hands-on, which is the cool part of pain management, is that you do get that patient interaction, uh, but you also get the hands-on procedural aspect too. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the confidence was definitely, I think, the biggest hurdle for me. Um, another big hurdle for a starting PA is that you have to realize that some people just want to see the doctor. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you got it and that's fine. I'm, you know, I'm like, you want to see the doctor? I'll get them for you. That's okay. And you were saying, you know, some people don't even know what PAs are. Yes. That is something that I go through often. People ask me what I do. I say I'm a PA and they look at me like I have three heads. And then I tell them it's kind of like a nurse practitioner. And then they say, oh, so you're a nurse and then you know it's like it's just very complicated yeah. <laughs> at times
0: um my I, favorite is when people ask me what i am and i'm like i'm a doctor and They're like oh so you're like a nurse right because well, you're
1: a female right you're a pretty female which, by the medicine, way nothing is-
0: against nurses no hospital and nothing would get done without a nurse but i Absolutely. mean when a woman says they're a doctor or a pa please don't assume that they're a nurse
1: i know i find this it's just happens. very sexist <laughs> often i say to people oh you know i work in medicine and they're like oh you're a nurse and i'm like if a male said this I oh, I work in medicine, you would automatically say, oh, you're a doctor. Right, right. <laughs> I mean, I've even heard stories of male students in my PA program who would walk into a room on a rotation with a female doctor and the patients would look at him.
0: Yes. Look give yes. him, the eye contact. And he
1: was like, I'm, I'm a PA student. Look, look at the physician over there, you know? like It's just, it's, it's definitely, there's definitely gender role when it comes to the medical field. Definitely. Yeah,
0: but we're here just like shatter those. We're doing stereotypes. it stereotypes. <laughs> so,
1: you you can be anything and do anything that you put your mind to. Very so. much so. If you're especially if you have passion backing you, it's that's the driving force. Is is finding your passion and, and living it through and and that's really conveyed to the people around you. They can they can sense it. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And um, this is actually something interesting that you were telling me, you touched on it like a little bit before, but uh, if you're a PA, so one of the benefits of being an MD is that you can own your own practice. So it's basically like being your own boss, which that's another lifestyle choice. It's like, do you want to be your own boss or do you want to work for someone? And it's not that one's better than the other, but, you know, being your own boss, like comes with a lot of responsibility and um, it's not a nine to five. So, you know, right. if you're someone who wants, you know, more of a family life and more of a social life. Those are things that you want to consider. There's nothing wrong with working for somebody else. Even as a doctor, you can work for somebody else, but you have that opportunity as an MD, but also as a PA, you can be part of a practice, right? Like you can be a partner yes. in a practice, which is something I didn't know.
1: Yeah, I just recently learned that actually. Um, I applied at a spa, and it was owned 51% by the physician, 49% by the PA. So. They really just worked side by side. Um, he was not her boss. She was not his boss. But they were truly partners in this business. And all the decision decision making was done equally by both of them. So I was not aware that PAs could even do that either. I'm still learning about all of right.
0: the... Uh, I mean, same. Know. I haven't even started <laughs> my residency. So I could probably have better insight a few years in. But this is just... Yeah.
1: Yeah, they it's don't really teach know. you about... The PA profession they teach you the science and the clinical aspect that you need to know but the profession itself they don't really tell you what you can and can't do I mean there's times I you know I had a patient who was like can you do my epidural and I was like I don't even know if that's in my scope of practice like if maybe if I was taught I could Mm -hmm. but maybe I don't know if I even can because I was not you know trained in in a board certified in pain management Uh-huh. I don't know if I can do spinal injections, but I was like, maybe I should figure that out. Yeah, I definitely. should figure that out. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be good for you to learn. Yeah. I mean, my, phys- my supervising physician, he's very open to teaching whatever I desire to learn. I know I can do spinal injections as long as he's there watching me, but it would be interesting to know if a PA could do that uh, without the physician watching. Yeah. When I would, I actually did an elective in
0: pain management randomly. I mean, I'm going to pediatrics, but um, I was just like, let me try pain management. That seemed really interesting. I heard the doctor was great. Uh, and so when I went, I didn't even know. So doctors, there's a residency called PMNR. It's, um, physical medicine and rehabilitation. And I didn't even know that was a specialty specialty or an option to go into. I'm like, how am I going to be a doctor? And I didn't even know that was an option. And by this time I was too late. I had already applied and everything, but, uh, it's a great field for anyone who is, uh, going through the match now, I guess it's a little late, but for next year or anyone in school look into PMNR, you can go into pain management, sports medicine, uh, anesthesia. So it's, you
1: know, kind of like a backdoor into anesthesia. Yeah. Yeah, I work with a PMNR physician and he does all of our EMGs. He's incredibly knowledgeable in musculoskeletal injury. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I thought I had tendinitis in my elbow and he like, you know, diagnosed me and offered to give me an injection. And he's just, he's very good with any musculoskeletal injury and it's pretty cool. I watched him do some EMGs. Uh, you know, it's a definitely a not It's not as well-known, that, that field. Mm-hmm. It was not something I really knew about either until recently. But there's a lot of options in medicine that just aren't talked about. I mean, you just hear about the core ones, you know, general surgery, right. plastics, PEDS, you know, things very, very commonly well-known ones. But there are other fields that you can go into that are, you know, kind of unnoticed.
0: Absolutely. Yeah, there are so many options. I mean, there's so much I feel like in medicine that can um, be disheartening or, you know, just it's like, oh, well, I I don't know. It's like you can't. There are so many doors that can open. It's like even if one thing doesn't work for you, there is going to be another option. There's so many different scopes of fields in medicine. So it's like, you know, you just if you shadowed one doctor, you're like, OK, I hear this podcast now inspired. I'm going to go shadow an internist, and you're like, I hate this lifestyle.
1: That's not the only thing you have to do. Right. It's so, so vast and so broad, your options in medicine. I mean, there was even a time that I considered doing locum Mm
0: -hmm. and just
1: traveling. I mean, you can pick up jobs and you pick up a job for two weeks in California. They send you there, they get you a hotel. You work in California for two weeks. I mean, there's, you could travel, you can go overseas, you can You know, in PA, you could switch from any field you want if one bothers you or if one becomes, you know, a little too mundane, you can always switch. But even as an MD, you have so many options. I even see now these these medispas, I mean, the one medispa that I interviewed for was owned by an ER physician. Mm -hmm. The medispa I go to is owned by a neonatologist. Right. So, I mean, (laughs) the world is your oyster. You never know you have so many options
0: absolutely and that's another thing with mds uh just i feel like we talked about pas a lot but mds can also uh work outside of the clinic so it's like you can work for a pharmaceutical company or be a medical liaison somewhere so you're that's also a benefit where it's you don't have to technically work in the clinic there's just so many opportunities outside that you can also consider when choosing a specialty or what to go into and just you know if you basically just didn't like yeah, something you can that do you
1: experienced like training too like my supervising he goes to Dallas Nashville he goes all over the country and he trains people in seminars on endoscopic procedures so you can you get to have that teaching aspect in there too right. still which is part of the reason why I love medicine is because I always enjoyed teaching back to the beginning when I said I also was an education major but teaching in medicine, you're teaching patients who actually care about their bodies. When you're teaching high school students, they don't really care about what (laughs) you're saying for the most part. They just want to be on their phone. And you know, that's kind of what pushed me out of that education field that plus the politics, but teaching in medicine, teaching your patients, your patients actually care. It's their body. They want to know, you know, what's going on with them. So it's very fulfilling in that aspect too.
0: Absolutely. And Teaching is the best way to learn as well. If you're going through school and you're struggling and just teaching is, teaching is great, you know, be a TA or be a teacher's assistant. That's the same thing. Highly, um, recommend.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, highly recommend. But, you know, thing.
0: just be like, um, you know, a tutor or something like that. It's, it's a great way to learn yourself and to really solidify everything you've been learning. It's a great tool.
1: Yeah, I was a graduate teaching assistant in PA school, and I found that it really helped me study for my boards even. I did it in my second and my third year, and in my third year, refreshing all of those topics of pathophys That's and, so you know, the mm-hmm. things I haven't looked at since first year, it really helped me study for my boards a lot. Mm-hmm.
0: And the boards we didn't even talk about that for PAs oh. you guys take pants
1: yes the pants <laughs> um, wait what does that stand for it's P A N C physician assistant national certification exam mm, had to think about that for a second. <laughs> and then I have to take the Panre which is the recertification ten years after so basically not like nine years from now have to do continuing medical education in between same thing you know as right. a physician mm-hmm. but the pants is a five hour exam. It's pretty grueling, I would say. You're pretty mentally shot after it. But I highly recommend that you just study hard in school. Mm -hmm. I really studied so hard my first year, that that didactic year. That means you have a great foundation. Exactly. And that's what I told all of the students that I was a, a GA for. I was like, you know, put in the work now and you can have a more relaxed year two and year three in mm-hmm. clinical. Right. And when you build that solid foundation, you really don't have to go as hard, you know? So for mm-hmm. me, I just really studied Pants Prep Pearls. If you're in PA school, or you're considering PA school. If you have any interest in PA school at all, Pants Prep Pearls is truly the Bible of PA school. I highly recommend it. Yeah, amazing. Great.
0: Okay, so I think we should close up here, but I want to ask you just some closing questions. So if you could give one piece of advice to anyone thinking about PA
1: school, what would it be? I think, you know, consider why you're doing it. Don't, if you're going into medicine for prestige, don't go to PA school. If you're interested in performing surgeries by yourself, don't go to PA school. Um, You know, if you... Are interested in if you're passionate about and interested in medicine, helping people and doing basically you know everything that a physician does, but just a little bit faster. Um, PA school is definitely an amazing route, and if you choose it, like I said earlier, just put in the work that first didactic year, and you will have smooth sailing for the rest of your your time in PA school. Okay, that's great. That's great. What's your word of advice for anyone thinking of med school? Take it one step
0: at a time. Like what we're talking about is so big picture, but to get through anything, especially medical school, where you're not going to see the light of a tunnel. Like I, I do I feel like I still can't see it because I, <laughs> and I'm, I'm here, you know, I already finished. You have to just be patient and really take one step at a time, you know, one exam at a time. Don't even think about your boards. Think about, you know, the one exam that's coming next. Think about the MCAT. Think about, one step at a time. That's just, what I would
1: say. Yeah. Just live in the present moment. Um, there's always going to be another moment. One exam's done. There's going to be another one coming. If you keep worrying about the future, you're just going to get really distracted and, and anxious and you definitely won't perform to the best of your ability. Just take it, like Jess said, one step at a time and know that everybody else out here who, who took that medicine path is out here and, and we made it. So you're going to make it too. <laughs> All right,
0: perfect. Thank you so much, Lex. All right, we're kind of out of time now. But uh, thanks so much for doing this with me. Of I think course. this is an amazing first start and first step. I mean, answering the call is so important because before you even go to medicine, into medicine, and talk about the school and everything, it's like, what do you, do I really have this calling? Is this really something that, you know, the universe wants me to do? Yeah. And um, yeah, I think I think that's that's the first thing is like you need to know that this is what you're supposed to do, and then keep your eye on the ball and just go for it Yep. Yeah, make sure this is your true purpose absolutely well thanks so much lex stay tuned because the best is yet to come